When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome back to the um, Football Digest podcast. Delighted to be back and, and joining us this week. And there's so much to chew over and so much to look back upon over the last week or so. Not least last night's absolute cracker at Anfield. Um, Liverpool, Tottenham, perhaps the most significant game in the title race so far. What do we learn? What can we take from that? What do we take forward for the rest of the season? Um, so much, obviously, uh, going on uh, this past week. be interesting to see also get some views on concussion substitutes, uh, the mess at Arsenal. So I'm delighted that the uh, colleagues joined me um, from the great and the good. Um, uh, Andy Dunn, my colleague, chief sports writer of the Daily Mirror. Uh, Jeremy Cross, chief sports writer of the Daily Star. And Matt Dunn, football aficionado from the Daily Express. Thanks so, so much for joining, guys. Really nice to see you all. Um, I, I guess there's only one place to start, isn't there, really? And kind of chew over the, he said, she said, the 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 recriminations, the accusations, the last gasp drama um, and and everything that was at Anfield last night, a- Andy, we were both there, weren't we? And what a what a terrific uh, contest um, that was! Really, I thought it was fascinating. And I tell you what, if the Premier League thrives on big personalities and big characters in title races, and, and we and we love sort of big personalities, then the kind of the Klopp Mourinho showdown is back in in, in yeah. full effect this season, isn't it? Really. It was brilliant, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know if you noticed, John. Um, we were sat at opposite ends of the stands, myself and you. Um, but I don't know if you noticed um, the way they embraced so warmly at the start of the game. Um, it, it was like they were in their own Christmas bubble. They, they, they were absolutely um, delighted to see each other. And then that soon disappeared. And in the end, we had Marino making that barb, you know, that if I behaved on the touchline like Klopp, you know, there'd be trouble. And he's got a point, by the way. To, I mean, that, that's another subject. You know, I, I do think that Klopp, and Pep Guardiola get away with murder on the touchline there, antics, but, but but that might be another subject. Um, yeah, but it, it was fascinating. No, make it, it a subject, please do. I, 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 well, I'll, I'll quickly make it a subject. Sure, you know, I, I, I think that the, the Klopp's sarcastic applause of the fourth official um, the other day um, was, was absolutely disgraceful. I think Pep's berating of the fourth official for having the temerity to hold up a board that said four minutes of added time was disgraceful. I go back to when I was at a game, Cardiff, Man City in the FA Cup, um, and it was a terrible tackle, and I can't remember for the life of me the Cardiff player's name. It will come to me on Leroy Stanley, anyway. And it was a terrible tackle, true. But at the end of the game, um, Pep Guardiola went onto the pitch and was, you know, finger-pointing at the referee, jabbing in his face, etc., um, etc. Et Klopp has done the same. He did the same to David Coote this year, and that almost encouraged Andy Robertson to do the same. Guardiola and Klopp get away with absolutely, I, I mean, I, I, I just think it's scandalous with what they get away with, marching onto the pitch, remonstrating referees, their touchline antics, and Jose's got a point. Having said that, you know... Does Jose get done, Andy? If jo- Jose does the yes. same, does Jose yes. get done? Is he, is absolutely. He, that's what Jose absolutely. said last night, wasn't it? It, 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 it? If Jose sarcastically applauds a fourth official, um, as Klopp did in the game at, where was it, Brighton, um, with, with the late um, penalty... Yes, he gets done. Absolutely. Klopp and Guardiola are basically... I mean, I, 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 I always sort of um, shy against this theory that, that big-name managers, certain managers are indulged. But Pep Guardiola and Jurgen Klopp are indulged. It's as simple as that. So he's got a point, yes. So, uh, I mean, we are now... If you want to carry on with this conversation, fine. I'll, I'll get on to the no, game. let's go oh. back to the game. Let's go back to the game. Back to the game. It was a good uh, digression. And actually, talking of the characters involved in the game, you, 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 you spoke about Marino and Klopp. It's fascinating because I drove home last night and I woke up this morning. I'm thinking about the game, and your initial instinct last night when you hear the press conference via Zoom, Marino says, "Well, the best team lost," 
And, you know, we would have even been disappointed with a point. You're thinking, was I watching the same game? You know, Liverpool by far the better team. But then you think about the game, you mm. watch the game again when you get home on match of the day, what you what, what you've you know put on what you've recorded, and you and you look at it again this morning and you think, well, you know what? Maybe he's got a point. Mm. Maybe Marina does have a point, you know, because it was one of those unbelievably fascinating games where Liverpool had most of possession, which we always knew they were going to have. They looked the better team, they were the more adventurous team, they were the more attacking team. But then you look at the chances, you know, and they were they were Tottenham's. I mean, I mean, to me, John, I think in that second half, it was an even game. And in the second half, had uh, Bergheim or Kane taken any of those chances, you would not have backed against him. And also, I never, ever saw that Liverpool winner coming. So no. it's one of those games which I think was brilliant because it leaves you sort of wondering, actually, who's right? Yeah. Is Jose being as, as ridiculous as he first sounded? Or actually, does he have a point? I don't know. It's difficult, difficult one to work out there, and and mm. I guess we we all fell somewhat into the Tim Sherwood trap. We didn't see it coming, did we? <laughs> Which I have to say, if you haven't seen that, by the way, it's just a classic moment of, of TV. No one's going to score here. What? Yes, there it is. Um, uh, Jeremy, what what did you what did you make of it? What did you take out from from the game? Well, the 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 overarching feeling was it obviously it was a huge win for Liverpool, who you know. They've been stripped of so many key players this season through injuries, and you know you look at the table this morning, and the three points clear at the top of the table. So, mm -hmm. you know, for all Klopp's moaning about injuries and things, I don't get it with him. Sometimes, look, he's brought so much to the English game. Um, he's created a wonderful team who are arguably the best team in the world. I just wish he'd stop moaning as much. It's just you know, it's the same for every. All right, they've probably had the, maybe a few more injuries than others, but. You know, he's got a huge squad to contend with. And I think, just going back to what Dunny said about the two managers, it's great to see them falling out, isn't it? And, and backbiting and bickering. Because, you know, we've not had that really since maybe Fergie and Wenger, really, I suppose. So, this could be the start of a genuine rivalry in terms of, you know, challenging for trophies between these two teams. And, and you know, there's a lot of passion in those guys. You want to see that on the touchline. I do think I agree with Dandy as well and the fact that does Klopp does overset the mark a lot. So I was with Mourinho last night, actually. I thought Tottenham weren't the better team, but they had the best chances. And they, they only had 20, I think it was 26% possession last night. And they created some really guilted chances to win the game. Mm. Obviously, Kane missed the header late on and Bergwijn missed two great chances. So, yeah. you know, maybe a draw would have been a fair result, but it's a statement from Liverpool because Tottenham have probably been the best team of the season so far. And, you know, they've won with so many key players missing. They're, there they are again at the top of the table. It all looks familiar now. And I know there's still a long way to go, but it's difficult to see beyond Liverpool. Yeah, I'll tell you what, it's interesting, isn't it? Bergwijn always seems to get selected for Tottenham's big games, doesn't he, Dunny? I mean, it's yes. amazing, really. And oh, yet, he, you know, last night, I mean, the first one was, was sloppy when he, when he dragged it across the face of the goal. And then the hitting the post, Matt, he's just, you know, he's got to score that. And then Harry Kane, of all people missing that header, it's astonishing. So there were great chances for Spurs. They were great chances. To be fair to Kane, he finally got a, a full glimpse of the ball very late, but still, you'd expect him to put that one away. I tell you what, Spurs fans would have much rather had Hume-Min Son run through on those two Bergwijn chances because the chance he got. I mean, I, I don't think people talk enough about his finishing ability, Son. Um but whenever you see him run through on goal, you just know it's going to end up in the back of the net. He's an incredible player. Uh, and Bergvine was arguably a little bit unlucky with the second one. The first one, he didn't really get uh, a proper go at. But i tell you what I might take out from last night's game was, that is the title race this season. Mm. When you compare last night's game to a, a tepid Manchester derby and even Liverpool Man City uh, a month or so ago, that this is the race that matters this season, it seems. Uh, and with Mourinho winding Klopp up like nobody's business and Klopp responding to it, uh, you know, I just hope that Spurs can stay near enough to them uh, for the remaining months of the season to make this uh, a fascinating title race. What was that Was that Jose of old, Matt? Oh, of course on, it was. On, on Tuesday, on Tuesday, pre-match. Tuesday, yeah, what with the injuries, yeah. The day, the It's been the Jose of old for most of the season, since he rediscovered Instagram, since... Yeah, he's, he's, he's just been, you know, 
Jose is one of the most engaging characters. I mean, it's been a privilege. I've done Chelsea uh, trips where, as you know, on trips, you get to know these people a lot better than you do just across a press conference. And he's such an engaging individual when he's on form. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we're seeing some of that. I mean, I'll tell you what. Do you know what I think the turning point was? How well he was perceived on that Amazon Prime video. Everyone was telling him he's got his mojo back. He felt that, and he must have grown about a foot since then. Uh, and, and he's loving it again. And instead of being the miserable, sour-faced, <laughs> curmudgeonly figure shouting and berating at everybody, he's back on his tricks. He's winding up, pulling other people into it. Uh, and it's just brilliant because the game needs a bit of that just to keep, you know, the, the odd day we've got between games, you know, to keep them lively. I think yeah. he was beaten down at Man United, wasn't he? By the time he'd left yeah. Man United, he just looked a bit broken, to be honest, because that was the one job he always really wanted in his career, and he finally got it, and it just didn't pan out like he wanted to. So. But, you know, he had a break, didn't he, and came back in at Tottenham. And we all, I mean, I, I for one, wrote him off, you know, in the last year or so. He was written off by loads of people in terms of his, as the game left him behind. But he's proved us wrong, I think, so far. Yeah, he has. I, I, Andy, I can see you, you, you're shaking your head there, yeah. pal, in, in absolute disbelief and <laughs> disagreement. <laughs> Tell us. Well, well no, listen, I, 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 I do believe that's the Jose of all the counting the days that, that Jurgen Klopp has had um, in charge of um, Liverpool compared to, to his and going through the injuries. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great stuff. I mean, typical stuff. I do think probably Harry Kane missed that header from the corner because. He's, he's, he actually probably thought he was defending a corner like he normally is, um, which seems to be one of his roles now in this team. I do wonder, you know, the the 26%, 27%, 25%, whatever you want to call it, the, the, which could almost be Jose Marino's surname, couldn't it now? Like when we're all, We all would have said it was a masterclass if, if he'd have won, like we said it was a masterclass against Man City, which, of course, it wasn't. City missed chances, and had they, missed, had they not missed chances... It would have been no such thing as a masterclass. Um, you know, we're, we're buying into this at the moment. We're buying into a team not that are essentially negative. You know what I wonder? I wonder how long Harry Kane will put up with this for. I wonder and, if Harry... No, Andy, Matt, you jump in. Because I'd, Paul Merson said the most crazy, ridiculous thing earlier in the season. He's never going to score goals or, or succeed under... No, he, 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 he's making an embarrassing Paul Merson by the week. No, listen, listen, he will score goals. Harry Kane will score goals because, you know, they'll break on the counter-attack. Son will play him in. He'll score goals. But you know what? If I'm Harry Kane and I'm playing against teams like Liverpool and I'm watching the chances they create, the amount of possession they have, if I'm watching teams like Manchester City, okay, you know, you beat them, but they're having 70-odd percent of possession. You're getting chances. I'm thinking, you know what? If I'm a footballer, I quite like the ball. I'd quite like the ball. I wouldn't like to be... Well, Harry gets it in both penalty areas. No, no, no. Sorry? Harry gets in both penalty areas. Yeah. Listen, he, he, he's, he's a world-class striker who deserves to be playing in a team, um, you know, such as Liverpool, such as Manchester City, such as, I don't know, a Barcelona or, so, or a Bayern Munich, or someone who actually wants the football and wants to attack. Watching Harry Kane... Andy, we have to stop there. Hey, yo, uh, the football, uh, uh, can, can I just come back at you at uh, wants hmm. to attack? Now, I don't think any of us really get a grip on what this XG thing is. But to, no. as far as yeah. I can get, it's the amount of good chances and good shots that you've got and the probability that you're going to score goals. On last night's game, Liverpool, if all things being equal, created the chances and generated the shots that created 0.96 of a goal. Spurs, with a third of the possession... Should have scored 1.16 goals. Yeah. They actually had better chances. Okay. It's you know, you know, the boffins that do this sort of thing, yeah. uh, which teams use to, to measure players. Matt, so Matt, it's, it's, it's an established Matt. thing in football. It's not just a gimmick. They say attacking. Hang on. It's, it's not just a gimmick. Well, call me old-fashioned, but I prefer to be at a game in the flesh watching a football match. You may prefer, I don't know, some online... That's where I prefer to be. I watch the game for 90 minutes. I know what happened in the game. I don't need someone saying XG to me about what happened in the game. I saw who were the better team. I saw who had the attacking intent. I saw who had the adventure. I saw who had most of the possession and the best team won. And, and that's but, it. I mean, don't don't try and tell me that XG makes any difference to, to the game. 
try being at a game, watching the game, and making a judgment on the game rather than going online to get XG. What's but that all about? Because, but it is a judgment, Andy. I mean, what does possession buy? No, a judgment is what you see in a game when you're there at a game. I know, and that's why they've tried to take the judgment out and make it objective by making a measure. Because what is possession if you don't do anything with it? The Champions Andy, League for a number of years. The best, the best explanation I've heard of XG is is when basically <laughs> is how reliable. And I, I I must say I don't want to sound like an, an old fuddy duddy on this one, but the best explanation I'm with Andy really largely it is that basically how many times that the because I think it makes no sense, really, in reality, in, in, in terms of the actual team output, if you like. Because time and again, that you know, they will let you down because that's the inconsistency and why we like football. But I think the XG is the only, the, the best explanation I can put is when human son goes through on goal, we expect him to score nine times out of ten, as, as Matt rightly said. And I think when, when you know, Bergvine goes through, clearly now we probably expect him to score three times out of ten, basically. And I think that that's the best explanation of XG. And yet you, you apply it clearly in a team format. But I just think that I'm, 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 I, I'm sorry. Listen, I don't buy As a decider John. of games, what decides games is the clinical nature of yeah. finishing, which... Liverpool do with such style why they are champions and why they won last night. Well, how are Liverpool more attacking when they take 31 passes, say, to, to get a shot goal, when Spurs can about? do it in four? <laughs> Andy, do you think Tottenham are boring to Watford? Do I think, yes, I, I, absolutely. I, I, I saw the, I mean, I've never seen a more boring performance than Tottenham's at Chelsea. Now, listen, I, 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 I admire it for what he's doing. Like, it is absolutely quintessential Jose. You know, when he... When he got to the Champions League and won the Champions League with Inter, it was like you know it, it, it's it's the stuff he dreams of having. You know, I mean, if he could have five percent possession win a game, you know, it, it would be his it would be his ultimate you know so, scenario, wouldn't it? But what would you what rather do? The, would you rather watch your team be boring and win more games than they lose, or would you rather be exciting and and, and not necessarily win win all the time? I'd rather than be exciting and not win all the time. Would you? I, I, oh, absolutely. Who wants to watch a boring team? What do you pay money for to watch a boring well, team? Some of the goals Tottenham score on the break are fantastic goals to watch. Oh, lovely. Yes. I, 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 I mean, Leeds, 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 Leeds hit teams on the break like... Um, but who Spurs, plays... I mean, obviously, they thrashed Newcastle last night. I don't know if you saw the highlights, but they um, they, they ripped Newcastle to part, apart in the yes. last 15 minutes with the piling bodies forward. Yes. The difference... And Bielsa gets so much credit for that style of play now maybe they are a bit more exciting to watch than Tottenham but the difference between Leeds and Tottenham is Tottenham can defend too Leeds can't yeah but but, but, but I'm guessing Jezza that I'm guessing and I I don't know but we'll look it up but last time I looked Leeds had 70% of possession against Newcastle last night mm. in, in in the first half hour I, I I I looked at the stats and I think Leeds had, had 15 shots and 70% of possession. I want to see my team with the ball. Honestly, that's what you don't watch football for. That's why yeah, it's called got to be. It's not going to and get away when you can. I mean, I mean, John, you were at the game last night. I mean, hmm. never mind, you know, XG, the amount of passes in this area or whatever. Who were the better team last night? I thought Liverpool were the better. Absolutely. Actually, the I better break team. it down. I thought Liverpool were the better team. I thought the individual performances were, were, were better. Uh, you know, I thought Robertson again was just fantastic. Um, you, you know, Curtis Jones, Reese Williams, what a story there, by the way. You know, two of the front three score. Uh, you, you know, Henderson yeah. just drives, doesn't he? And the, the all round, I think. Yeah, the, Curtis the, Jones, the, outstanding. Son, I thought, was terrific for Spurs, he, by the way. He was. Uh, he tracked back well. He defended he just, well. He had, he had one chance he got forward. I mean, and that's what he's doing. I mean, yeah. you, know, you know what? I, 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 I just I, think I, what, I'm, I'm saying that to illustrate the point, though, Dunny. Do you know yeah. what I mean? There were better, more better performers from, from, from Liverpool. And yet, I do have to say, you break down the game. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Tottenham have the better chances, as, as, as we said before. And that is the way that they set up. They sit deep. They were definitely sitting deep in that first half, weren't they? And playing on the counter. Yes. And, well, and I, you know, that's what that that's you know, that's I'll, what I'll, I'll I'll quickly go back to um um the game in Stamford Bridge a couple of weeks ago that I was at Chelsea Spares, the um the entirely forgettable nil-nil. 
Um, and we're, we're 10 minutes to go. It's nil-nil. And, um, you know, um, it could be either side to win. And Jose gets two of his subs, two Welshmen to warm up. So who's he going to bring on at nil-nil against Chelsea? Is he going to bring on Gareth Bale, <clears throat> the man with um, a game-changing moment in his locker? Or is he going to bring on his compatriots, the, the sort of steady fullback Ben Davis? We know what happens. He brings on the fullback. You know, now, to me, <clears throat> football's about more than that. Football's about not about closing up shop to get a point from Stamford Bridge with 10 minutes left when yeah. you've got Gareth Bale to bring on. For goodness sake, like, you know. It, 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 but, but then that's him being clever. That's him being Jose. That's him being negative. That's him being, you know, what he is. Um, now, as I say, if you are, as the lads seem to think, if you are happy to watch your team play functional, defensive, Counter-attacking football and nick the odd win here or there and maybe contend because they won't win the title, will they? Clearly, um, then I don't know. I don't you know. know. Not a chance. Liverpool are on this. But I think it will be a title, title race, and I, I think it will be an interesting one. I do think it brings. Uh, listen, I you know because of where I live, I know an awful lot of Spurs fans, right? And then basically, Spurs fans were not having Jose Mourinho even up until early part of this season. They're still not absolutely in love with him in the way that they were with Pochettino, um, in my experience. But I think they've come round to it. I think they're saying that basically, OK, we'll, we'll have this. If it means we finally win the title or, or we win a trophy at last, I think this is worth doing. Je Jezza, is it, you know, how do you see it? Do, you know, do Spurs fans have to buy into this? Do they, do they buy into the Jose show oh, well. to get themselves some silverware? They don't have any choice, do they? Because he's their no. manager and, you know, you've got to get on with it. And, you know, has he improved that team? Yes, of course he has. We all know that. There's clear evidence of that. They were in a bit of a state, weren't they, when um, before Pochettino ended up getting the sack. So, look, the amount of trophies Tottenham fans have seen their club win over the last two decades is pitiful, really, isn't it, for such a big club. So, you know, if he can win them something, whether it's an FA Cup, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm not convinced they'll win the title, but... You know, if they can win something under Mourinho, that's got to be a positive, surely. Look, and I get what Dunny's saying. We all go to sport, not just football, any sport, to be entertained. You want to see great football. But ultimately, you want to see your team win something. And if that method Mourinho has as a manager has worked countless times down the years. So if he can do that again at Tottenham, he'll be a hero to the fans. Yeah, Matt, Matt I, I guess I lost count of the times we used to go to Pochettino press conferences and said, what about the trophies, Maurizio? And basically now, you kind of it both ways is what I'm trying to say, really. No, I mean, Jose is a winner. He was brought in to be a winner. Uh, we well, can uh, have it both ways he, at Liverpool, to be uh, fair. Yeah, well, absolutely. I'm looking forward to the, get Andy a copy of 101 Great Passes for Andy for Christmas, I think. Because he seems to enjoy his possession <laughs> so much. Um, but, uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, he's here to get results. And, and that's what he's doing with his football. He's, he's not seeing, his players aren't seeing much of the ball, but when they've got it, they are as dynamic a team that the Premier League's seen uh, going forward to have so little of the ball and score so many goals. It's a remarkable achievement. And uh, uh, no, I'm, 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 I'm not playing this. But that's not right. Thing. I mean, you know. But, but, uh, <laughs> There's, but a yeah, counter, so there's a counter-attacking team, there's a dynamic team. <laughs> Liverpool with a dynamic on the break, team yeah. and Tottenham with a counter-attack. Well, where are they yeah. going with this dynamism? It's sideways mainly because 76% <laughs> oh, of... Well, Liverpool sideways. Oh, please. 76% of possession and not scoring up and one away win all season. That's hardly that's, that's great. Possession, is it? What does possession matter these days? Who cares that's about what I'm trying to say. possession? Well, I don't, who cares about that? 76%. It's just a shame no, the I'd fans weren't there to say to celebrate and raise a pint. 76% possession. Listen, I, I, no, it's not that. You, your possession. I think represents how well you play, how well you keep the ball, how you find passes. I want to, I want to see open, expansive football. I don't want to see anti-football with with counter-attacking. When you have the ball, we'll sit deep, we'll soak you up. I'm sorry, no, yeah, I, 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 I don't like that. I don't I really possession don't like football that. like West Germany or Austria in 1982. Possession football in that game was remarkable. 38 years ago, Danny. Yeah, I know, but that's possession <laughs> football for you. That's two teams who just wanted to keep the ball yeah, and not well. do anything with it. You've got to do something with the ball. Otherwise, what's the point? Mm. You know, you can knock you get, it 
Or Liverpool we, we generally do. They, 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 were, they broke all hey. the records before them and swept all before them at the same hey, time. Before, just, 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 season they haven't been. Uh, well, well, it, 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 Matt, the season's 13 games old. Who, who, who have won the title for the last three seasons? Manchester City and Liverpool. Who have dominated by far in the last three seasons? Manchester City and Liverpool. And what is their game based on? Possession, by the way. Their okay, game, the is, year, based on, bit, their the game is based that, on having the football. Huh? And the year before that, Leicester City. Well, how yes. was their game built? Counter-attacking football. Speedy counter-attack. Yeah. No, about the last three years. As okay, opposed but then four to, years as, ago, as, I mean, you're just making a cycle that suits your argument. No, no. No, throughout no, the history the, of football. No, I'm taking three years as opposed to one. I'm, I'm taking the norm rather than the anomaly. There's no, 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 no Christmas spirit in this group today. Yeah, I know. But uh, hey, well, Matt, 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 I should tell people Matt, that we have got, we have got the it, Christmas party. It's a good job it's on Zoom. Otherwise, it could have come to blows if we'd all been in the same room. I move on. I have to say that I, for me, guys, this discussion is brilliant because it shows just what an entertaining, enthralling game uh, last night was. Yeah. You know, it divides mm. opinion. And I have to say, I, 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 you know, I do think it will be a tight race between these two. One team that I think we, we begin to question whether they will still be in the title race after the week that they've had is Andy Dunn's favourite, um, Chelsea <laughs> and Frank Lampard. Um, Frank out. <laughs> Andy, it's not been a good week for Frank, has it? No, it's not been been a good week for him. No, but it's it, it, it's it's pretty much par for the course, you know, since he took over. He's he's been in charge for fifty one games now. I think fifty one Premier League games. Um, sorry, you know, and, and other games in addition to that. And and his record is well, just you know, okay. And and that, and, that, and that's what I expect. His record is, I mean, points per game. It's probably about. I think 1.7, say compared to Maurizio Sarri's 1.8. Um, they can see a lot more goals. His win percentage is 50% compared to Sarri's 55%. They spent a lot of money in the transfer window. Um, it, it, it's, you know, he is absolutely a work in progress, you know, I, I, and I can't call how it's going to work out. You know, they, they they should be doing better in these last two results. You know, they, they've had some good results this season, but, you know, I, I, I am still. Again, I'll repeat myself as, as much as as I like um, Lampard and think that hope that he will make really? a very good manager. <laughs> and yes, yeah, um, at it's the moment, super Frank actually done he? not not Lampard. Oh, super Frank, sorry, super and, and Frank Lampard's Chelsea. I mean, to give them the <laughs> yeah. full title, um, <laughs> they were never Maurizio Sarri's Chelsea, but they, they are Frank Lampard's Chelsea. And and yes, they, they, they're okay. I, I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, this this does not surprise me. This blip. Um, I remember being at, strange enough, this week, very timely, at West Brom here in the season when they went um, three goals down, didn't they, I think, um, in the first half. And I saw the vulnerabilities there, and the vulnerabilities are still there um, defensively. Um, I, I mean, listen, I mean, what else is to say? You know, it, he's got an awful lot to prove as far as I'm concerned. Mm, yeah, it's interesting that. Yeah, Jeremy, how do, how do you see it? I mean, I must say, you know, both both games they were there almost for Chelsea, and it was their own failings, I guess. You know, I watched them both, and it was their own failings that let them let them down. You could say that about any defeat, of course you could. Mm. But you know, they're in both games, is what I'm trying to say. You know, yeah, look at that level. It's it's such fine margins, isn't it? You know, Giroud's missed a couple of good chances. He's been in great form recently. So on another day, they would have gone in. They would have won. Um, you know, they got done um, against Wolves to a, an outstanding winner at the end, which show, sort of showed up Zuma's naivety a lot in a lot of ways in terms of him closing him down. But look, it's fascinating to see Lampard. He's such a young manager. We forget how young he is, really, and how inexperienced he is. You just presume, because he manages Chelsea, that he's got this body of work behind him. But it's not that long ago that he actually retired as a player. So... For someone of that inexperienced to have such a big and demanding role um, at such a huge club, which is just, you know, success is just has to be part of their DNA. You know, you've got to give him time. He's still tweaking things. He's obviously signed a lot of players in the summer, spent a lot of money. That would, brings with it, obviously, a lot of pressure and expectation. But they're up there, aren't they? They're in the top four or five. They're in the mix, you know. It's such a fluctuating season that everyone's beating everyone else and you just don't know what's going to happen. So, look, will they win the title? Probably not. But, you know, they're competing at the top end. And, you know, I think that's 
in his in his second season. I think that's all you can ask for at the minute. Yeah. I just hope you know that Abramovich gives him enough time to to try and really win something significant. Yeah, it is an in, in, interesting case point. Matt, I'm going to move on to to Arsenal because you, <gasps> you were at Arsenal last night. I mean, how, how, how long we got? I bet just check me what, <laughs> um, to do the Arsenal inquest. So I, 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 I'm kind of, you know, I'll, I'll set this one up for you. So I'm, re I'm reading some reports um, ridiculing this morning Arsenal's celebratory um, uh, attitude towards a point against Southampton at home, having spent the last three months uh, being overwhelmed by pieces about how wonderful Southampton were. So I'm struggling really to evaluate both. But I'm also not pretending at all that Arsenal were in all sorts of problems at all. How did you see last night, Matt? First and foremost, as, as a game, quite apart from the from the, from the shambles that has been Arsenal this season in the last couple of months. As a game, Southampton came and brought everything that we knew that Southampton were going to bring to the game, um, from Wal Prowse's set piece play to his general spreading of the game. Some fantastic passes that Andy would have loved, um, <laughs> so, um, and and a, and a really keen, high press, high energy game, which which Arsenal really struggled to cope with. Eleven versus eleven before we got into the to the trouble. Arsenal very much in their shell in the first half. Um, Southampton. Yeah, I, it was. It wasn't a strong ask. It wasn't a, a response. It wasn't anything. It wasn't anything that they needed to be. Um, you know, it, the, the clock went over thirteen hours um, for a goal from open play from them, uh, and it looked like it could have gone on and on and on. For, I mean, uh, uh, and the way I sort of structured my match report is, it suddenly made me realise just how much work Arteta's got to do at the club because he basically. He sorted out Aubameyang, got him scoring again, ended this run without scoring from open play. And yet he's still got to deal with the disciplinary problems. And he's still got to deal with the fact that his defenders can't defend. You know, he's basically done half the job in one afternoon and it's not enough. Um, it's a mess there at the moment. The discipline, I mean, Gabriel to. I mean, it was a silly kick the ball away, guaranteed yellow card, which he didn't need to do. They weren't going to go and score from the free kick that he gave away. And then four minutes later, he grabs 3-0 by the shoulders. And it, it's going to be a red card. It's straightforward. And that's the seventh this year for, for Arsenal. Um, you know, and, and the third in five games when they know they've got to watch themselves. Um, and, you know, it, it was just a mess again. A senior player's not being responsible in the way they need to be responsible, which is getting on the ball, doing something with the ball, uh, and not being funny. You talk about reputations. Arsenal should beat Southampton at home. You know, regardless of how well Southampton are playing, that's that's you know they've not lost there since 1987 uh, at home to Southampton, and they came within a whisker of it last night. And that that's where they are at the moment. You know, mm. let, let's not beat around the bush. The problem they've got though. It's more than one man. It's not Arteta's not the problem. It's a wider problem than that. So if you start pointing fingers at the manager, you think, well, what manager is going to come and sort this out quickly? You know, I think he has to be given time. Uh, and uh, But he has got a mountain of work to do. Yeah. What, what's the wider problem, Andy? Well, the wider problem is probably the same that any club. It, it, it's a, it's a build-up of, of poor recruitment. You know, you can you, you can always look at, at a club's transfer policy, and you can look at the amount of money they spent on, say, a Pepe. Um, is it really wise to give someone like a Willian a three-year contract at his age? From from, I, I say, I, I don't ever agree with a big six club taking another player who has surplus requirements. Another big six club is that wise? You know, I, I, I think you know, in terms of recruitment, I, I can't see any joined-up thinking in their recent recruitment in, in, over the years, over the last couple of years. Um, Arteta was a gambler as a manager, you know, he, he's essentially, it's his first big job, he's learning on the job. And it's a combination of all those things, John, I think. You know, it just happens sometimes. There's just a sort of perfect storm that leads to a spell when when, when a team is struggling. And, you know, sometimes there can be an overreaction. I, I, I was, I think their last victory I was at was at Old Trafford, you know, and they were well organised. Um, I actually saw them win at Wolves in lockdown, but that had been towards the end of last season. Yeah, they all blur into one when they won two 0 and they were they're incredibly well organised, incredibly well disciplined. Which I thought 
was the sort of starting point for Arteta to get them organised, to get them disciplined. Um, and he has, but but then the creativity has just gone. Mm. You, you know, there, there is no spark there. There is no, there's no player there you look at and you think, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go down the Ozil route, but there's no player you look at and think, you know, well, who's going to pick out those chances? Who's going to create those chances? Um, there doesn't seem a balance to the to the forward line. I'd probably like to see Aubameyang play, you know, in a sort of Liverpool way where you have those the, the, those fluid front three you can, you know, crisscross. Um, and it's just, you know, it's just got an awful lot of work to do. You know, it, it is literally a build-up of mistakes in the transfer market, mistakes in giving contracts to players. Um, it, it's, it's just basically now they're going to have to fight against that. They'll be good. They, you know, I mean, it sounds a ridiculous thing to say, but they'll be good enough to stay up. But, you know, they are some way off <laughs> big six, aren't they? You know, we yeah. are, you know, they are big six only in size of stadium. Don't put up many expectations too. Commercial. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's right, isn't it? You know, it, it, the words you thought you'd never say. But listen, I remember, listen, good teams have gone down. I mean, do you remember the West Ham team went down with um, the likes of what was Joe Cole? In that yeah, 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 yeah. Michael Carrick. Yeah, yeah Michael in, in the early two yeah, thousands. Yeah. You know, so 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 they are. Let's let's face it; they're in, they're they're already in a fight. You know, they they can already pretty much think. You know, pretensions of of, of competing with the two teams that me and you watched last night at um, Anfield are are some way off. Yeah, Cossie, sure. what what you you obviously know quite a lot of people at Arsenal. What what do you what's the problem and what needs to change? Do you think? <laughs> How long you got, really? I mean, listen, I do. <laughs> You know, first and foremost, I I think they really need to stick with with Arteta. I think that you know whether or not he's the right man or the wrong man, it was too soon or too much of a gamble. We need to discover that. I personally don't think they'll be going down. So I think that by now we need to to find out whether or not he's going to have a wretched season. He gets to the summer and then clears out a, a dressing room, which I think is a major cause of this issue. Um, how can it be healthy when you've got big names, big personalities who are being paid fortunes and not even in the squad to be available to play? I mean, Ozil, is Ozil actually training? Is he even training with the squad or anything? Ozil, yeah, he trains with the first team, right? So, but he, so he's not in the map, he's not in the official squad, but he trains them. Yeah, that can't be healthy. That can it, it can, cannot be healthy. Well, it's not healthy, clearly, it's not healthy. It's, it's not a good situation. Look, I, I, I personally still staggered that you've got a 25-man squad and you can't you know, a team that is crying out for creativity. You can't find a place for Ozil. It's ridiculous. And then, look, I think some of the players are clearly disaffected and are fed up. I don't think they're necessarily fed up with the manager, but they're sort of pointing the finger at that player, this player. I don't think it's a particularly happy camp right now. You know, I think that you know some of the players are not not effectively having each other. Um, I don't think that you know. I don't. I think that the way that the players have responded, I I think that it shows that they're still with the manager. The manager can still you know get some level of performance out of them. They fought back against Southampton. You know, they actually played all right against Burnley, but you know lost the game. You know, and it's. <sighs> There's no idea. Williams signing is the worst, I think, of of the last um, summer window, bar none in the Premier League. I think it's an absolute shocker, and they didn't even pay a penny for him. It's that bad. Um, you know, it's 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 poor recruitment. It's uh, what were they doing? Making you know promoting Arteta from from head coach to to manager. Arteta clearly wanted that. He's a very ambitious, strong personality. Who, who would want more control and want a power grab. But there's got to be someone at the club, on the board, with football knowledge, that goes, no, Mikel, you're doing great, thanks. You, you're going to be a brilliant coach. You're going to be a top-class manager. But we hired you as a head coach at a very early stage of your career, and you've won as the FA Cup you overachieved last season. It's running along quite nicely, thank you. But what's that saying about Arteta? I think that says to me that Arteta wants to have more say on the transfer recruitment, on the academy, because oh, maybe it's under Guardiola, isn't he? Yeah, it's you all know, about so, overall power and control. That's what Guardiola has at City. That's what he's always had. He's he's, he's learned from him. Absolutely, and listen, they've got good youngsters. Saka is an absolute. Yeah, he's dime. a good player. Oh, 
God, what a player. But there's no identity to the team, is there? When you look no. at play, you think, what, what's the philosophy here? What, what's no. the... Listen, you know. for years, Arsenal fans, uh, you know, someone like me, grew up in the you know, 70s, 80s, would treat to turgid, wretched football. It was awful. You know, even, un even under sort of the periods of George Graham, who, who I think is an absolute god in managerial terms, you know, the football was turgid at times, you know, because he just got the ended up getting results, really. But that's great, you know, that's fine. But, you know, the Wenger era, say what you like about it, they were very creative, good team to watch. And now that they're painful, it's like watching paint dry. And uh, there are so many issues, but the one issue that they cannot get sucked into again is changing the manager. Give him until the end of the season. Let him, you know, completely rebuild the dressing room. Because, believe me, there's a lot out. Ozil, you know, Mustafi, um, you know, Socrates. They're all, they're all free transfers. It frees up a hell of a lot of money. They've got to then go and buy players that give them a structure. And you can see that's a first team. That's the first 11. And they have a pattern to their play. And the, and the funny, isn't it? Together. When you look at um, Arsenal in their current predicament, there's quite a lot of comparisons with Man United in terms of they had a manager there for endless amount of years, had so much success. When Fergie left United, it was like almost like knocking a house down and building a new one. Mm. They're on the fifth manager now since 2013. Arsenal, if you count Lundberg, I suppose, they're on their third manager since 2018, Wenger leave. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't keep changing managers when things don't work out how you want them to. You've got a, you've got. A, it's like a whole fresh start for a club, innit? Because those Fergie yeah. and Wenger were just. You can't. You can't replace those guys, and you've got to sometimes look at it and think, you know, that might be as good as it's going to get for us. It might never be ever be as good as that again. No, Do you know what I mean? So they're two unique sort of managers in terms of how much success in the longevity. I agree. I mean, I do oh, think yeah. the, the problem is that the, one, of, one of the issues, and listen, I was on a, on a Zoom call with Edu on, on, on Monday, and there's no doubt about it. I left that call thinking, right, they could lose the next five games, which they obviously haven't now, and he'll they'll stick with him. Basically, they've got to stick with him. He, he, he was that resolute. Now, I think actually, you know, Edu would have be the first to admit on Monday that he was under pressure himself because of that, but that poor transfer window. But Arsenal removed a lot of experience and a lot of you know kind of um, good people. And I'm talking obviously not just Wenger, but all of Wenger's staff. They've all gone, and it's just a lot of people to get through. Ivan Gazidis was a you know incredible, incredibly well connected guy in European football say what you like about him and no Arsenal fans do but you know he did a lot of good things for the club as well you know Dick Law you know very good transfer operator on many many levels and you know they, they, they you know again they sort of reshuffled the pack haven't they Raul Sanilai gone Husfami gone it's they're sweeping through the through the club and it's like hang on a minute who 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 is then that you know on the board that's going to offer you the football insight? And it's you've got to support the manager as well. And I, I, I'm just a little bit concerned that they're sort of kind of making too many changes, thinking, oh, we'll do the right thing. We'll, you know, it's not going well. We'll change it again. We'll change it again. They've got to be consistent with the structure. <laughs> and, you know, we've and got and, Everton, you know, Everton, no. Chelsea up next. They're playing Everton and Chelsea <laughs> next, and then Man City in the League Cup. So. There's every chance he's going to get worse before it gets Well, I know. And, you know, I have to say, if they'd lost last night, you know, yeah. they'd be properly in the rele relegation battle, wouldn't well, they? Well, they have to stick with Arteta now because, as of yesterday, the best man to keep them up is no longer available. Oh, Big Sam. Yes, now, we're going to come on to this now. We must move on to West Brom because the clock is ticking. And so I also want... Right, first and foremost, right, I want to get thoughts on, 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 on Slavon Bilic Slavon Bilic, right to sack him, right to bring in Big Sam. What do we think, guys? I think um, you're right to sack him. I mean, look, he's had four wins since February in the Premier League. That's they've not just sacked no, well, him. Uh, part, part of that is in the Champions, but no, what I'm saying is that he's, he's not won enough games. Now, you could argue he's not been given enough money to spend. The trans, you know, they got promoted and um. You know, Gucci and Lai, the owner, he's just not invested enough in a squad that clearly lacks the quality to compete in the Premier League. So, you know, you've got to have some sympathy for Billich, but, you know, if they're going to stay up 
I think they've acted at the right time. I mean, it's, you know, they've given Allardyce plenty of time to work his magic, but he needs to be given money to spend on players in January, I think. If, they need three or four really good players to give them a fighting chance. The, the squad's a championship squad. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean what's really... the point in, in, in going to all that trouble of winning promotion to the Premier League if you're not then going to yeah. spend the required amount of money to give yourself a good chance of competing? It just makes no sense. What's no, we're, we're looking at the wrong target. I think Billich has done a good job, got them up, and he needed support in the transfer. But the handle the sacking poorly. Wow. Terrible. Really poorly. They've obviously leaked that story to the media before they've even told Billich. It's clearly it was sacked even before the game at City. I just think he deserves far more respect from the club yeah. than that. Yeah, he's. He, yeah, I think. Because he has been a good manager for them. You know, he's got them. Yeah, that's a great achievement. And, and if, he, you, if you know Billich as well, Billich is a great guy. Yeah, you know. And basically, your art, go, you know, art goes out to him. Blimey, I'll never forget the sort of hospitality. Were you there, Danny? Yeah, um, I was uh, mate. You and your musical Oh, you, you, let, you indul let me indulge. Let me at one point. I thought really with it, with it, with yeah. Uh, you know, there, there was a there was a wonderful. Um, English week when Arsenal were in the Champions League and Spurs were in uh, in the um, Europa League, both had Those games the in, in, in the in the in, in Istanbul in the good old days. One of the best cities in the world, bar none, by the way, fabulous city. And Arsenal on the Tuesday um, against Galatasaray, I think, and then um, Tottenham against Besiktas um, on on the Thursday. Bilic was manager of Besiktas, and I, I managed to set up a sort of a sit down with, for a few of us in in. At, Billich, at the uh, Besiktas training ground with Billich and uh, <laughs> Matt, you I think you two guitars, didn't you? And, and basically, yeah, no, but sort of base Billich was in great form, and I do like Slavin. I think he's a great fella, and uh, and basically we've been to a we've been to a market, haven't we? A sort of a thrift market or whatever in, in Istanbul. And yeah, I, you dragged us I bought a couple of yeah, I bought a couple of guitars from my from my girl mini guitars from my, from my daughters. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, luggage. Talk got onto music, and I came out with the immortal words. I'm very musical, Slavin. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you, John. I, 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 I struggled to I struggled to live that down ever since. But I, I do like Slavin. I think he's a good mm. manager. I was, you know, delighted that he sort of kind of came back and was successful at West Ham, to, you know, and then basically you know, I also think he's done a very, very fine job at, at West Brom and deserves better. But Matt, well, they I think my, stay up. They well, my, my affection, my affection for Slavin is only surpassed by your affection, I fear, for um, Big Sam. And I think the respect, you, you, I think. Well, I don't know. Now I'm rethinking it because his, his team couldn't pass either. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I can't believe that uh, Allardyce has gone into that job without promises of something to spend in January because he'll look at that squad and he does before he say, does any of these rescue jobs and looks at what there is there and decides whether or not he can make it you know, work to stay up. And I don't think even he'd look at that squad and say, you know, I can do it with them. Um, the million-pound be... bonus had nothing to do with it then, did it, didn't it? Well, I mean, he'd, he'd be tempted to take a chance, maybe. And, you know, the longer you stay out, the long, you know, the longer that, you know... I noticed he's got a great clause if they do go down. Mm. So you're only backing yourself to a point. I thought that was an interesting one. I didn't... I, that that never yeah. normally happens with an Allardyce contract because he backs himself. Yeah, of course he does. I, yeah, was, no, interested, I was interested in that, Matt. Do you think that even... Yeah. Even Big Sam is worried a little bit about this. I one, think this is the big. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest; I haven't spoke to him in the last sort of twenty-four hours, but I reckon this is going to be the, the toughest mm. challenge he's taking on, and he knows that. Great. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's gone into other clubs that, on paper, are stronger uh, and kept them up, but I think he he would look at what West Brom have got uh, and say that. Uh, that no, this is this is a bit dodgy, which is why there's no disrespect to Slavin Bilic for not keeping them up because you know it's going to take uh, you know next to a miracle, um, mm. and uh, you know, and probably some money in the tra that transfer market, which is what what ultimately is going to come down to. I mean, mm. if anyone can do it, Allardyce is going to do it. it, it won't be pretty, we know that, even I'll mm. accept that. Um, but uh, but yeah, but he's done it before uh, and he's your go to man, isn't he? Still, so uh. You know, it does nothing more than organisation and and uh, shape and all the boring things and eventually, you know, grabbing enough points. I don't know if it'll take that many points this year. 
Um, although Sheffield United are skewing things by by picking up so few points. Mm. Um, so, yeah, a point a game might be enough. Uh, so, yeah, but I, I can't believe, you know, that this will be his best Reddit Air mission yet. Mm. I, have to, I have to say, this sort of kind of, the three promoted clubs have got it all to do, but Sheffield United's plight just, mm. you know, um, clearly Leeds, you know, I think Leeds are, I think, over, over exceeding, doing extremely well. But I think that West Brom, just the lack of investment, Andy, you know, oh, the championship side. And I mean, you look at their sort of kind of, you know, they had Charlie Austin, I think, coming on the other night. So he's sort of kind of got Premier League experience. Kieran Gibbs got Premier League experience. Sam Johnston and obviously got, mm. you know, um, come, come from, from pedigree, but not really proven in the Premier League, although he's having an exceptional season, isn't he? It's frightening, I think, that that, that, that squad. When you consider what a fine club West Brom is, and we're so used to them kind of, they're boing boing, aren't they? But uh, in in all sense, but I expected a bit more from West Brom this season, didn't you? You know, in terms of backing no. the manager, no, not particularly. No, I, I mean, I mean, they're going down, they're going down the routes of maybe you know not 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 investing an awful lot of money. I mean, they're called boing boing for a reason. You know, they they might go down again. What's the worst thing that can happen? They can go down. They can be like Norwich City maybe and win win a few football matches like Norwich City have done. They can be like Burnley and go down and get ninety three points and win a few games and come back up. You know, I mean, to me, this. I mean, I am like Matt. You know, a fully paid up member of the Big Sam fan club. I've been for thirty years, both as a, a, a as a coach and as a bloke. But this is the most dispiriting and disheartening appointment. That I've seen in the Premier League, even and we've seen loads of these, haven't we? Mm. You know, but for goodness sake, I, I mean, you know, Billich, listen, I, I, I've seen West Brom give Chelsea a very good game, I've seen them be robbed of a point minimum at Old Trafford. Mm. We saw them get results in Manchester City. Um, listen, they've got a puncher's chance of staying up, they're playing some decent stuff. They've got a manager who has a great rapport with the fans, you know, in these times. I thought the football might mean a bit more, might mean a bit more to to owners, you know, that it's a, a bit of escapism for supporters. Instead, it comes down to the financial equation that, that Matt's been talking about, you know, mm. keep them up, they get a tranche of TV money, Sam gets a big bonus, everyone's happy, apart from those who, who, who've got to watch the football, maybe. You know, I just do, I, I, and, and you mentioned Sheffield United, you know, but if their ownership you know and we can we, we can talk about that ownership um at another stage maybe and uh, and the rights and wrongs of it but if they're to be believed they will stick with chris wilder regardless and they mm -hmm. will turn around in the same way that burnley stuck with sean dice in the same way that Norwich city has stuck with daniel farker and they'll say well you know what who's the best person to get us back out of the championship it was daniel farker who got them out of the championship it was sean dice who got them out of burnley out of the championship you know, who's to say that the Billich, who's done it once before, yeah. playing good football, wouldn't do it again? I just don't get it. And as I say, I am absolutely a card-carrying member of the Big Sam. I know, I'm fascinated but by this that. Is the I'm dumbest, fascinated. most dismal appointment. That, 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 that I, I just, you know, I, I just don't tell get me, it. Tell me, through, tell me through that though. You know, you're you're his mate, and you, you are his mate. You know, you get on really yeah. well, and yet you are. You are saying oh, no. I cannot hey, believe listen, I, I, I'm, not saying he won't, I'm not saying he won't do a good job. Uh, mm. He will, because he, he, he's pretty much sure. done a good job everywhere he's gone. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He is. He's a very underrated coach. And listen, I have to say, I mean, I have uh, I mean, the utmost, utmost respect and um, for Sam. And, you, you know, listen, what happened, bear in mind, you know, I, I have the utmost respect for him coming back to manage after what happened to him with England. You know, I, I, I genuinely think that you haven't got a heart if you don't sympathise with what happened to that man with England to get your dream job and to have it taken away so abruptly by a guy, incidentally, by a guy, incidentally, in, in Greg Clark. It, it, it was transpired, you know, we know what's happened there. You know, I, I, and basically you haven't got a heart if you haven't got sympathy for someone now. And it's great to see him back. It's great to see him. And I hope he does really well. I'm on about the actual ethos of the appointments, the, the, the idea that, they have to sack Slavin Bilic after a dozen games, 13 games, when, you know, he's had a few decent results. They're two points from safety. He has a rapport with the fans. You know, just invest in something. Just, just you know, listen to your fan base, you know. And just, just, just it, it, to me, it is just 
a, a, a tried and trusted method. You, you know, it's. I mean, what are they going to do if after a dozen more games, they're still two points adrift from safety, and Sam hasn't actually worked his normal galvanizing effect? What are they going to do? Drag Tony Pulis back? I mean, it is just they're doing things. You know, they're, 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 it's sort of by by roads by ticking these boxes and, and whatever. And and it just. I don't know. I, I I just thought, as I say, I mean, maybe idealistic. I just thought in these times when when fans are looking, you know, get to get back to football for a bit of escapism, it just smacks of just tried and trusted, pretty like you know mundane stuff really from West Brom. And you know, I, I, listen, I'll, I'll tell you what. Now, if, if if you went to a neutral fan and you said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, would you like to see West Brom and Slaven Village stay up? Well, they probably would have said yeah. You say to him now, you know, how much are you emotionally invested in West Brom and Sanalai staying up? I'm not sure anyone is that bothered, really. I, th I think people will feel sorry for Billich and people would just see this as just an another sort of, you know, uh, a very old-fashioned way of doing things. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Jeremy, I, I, I just want to touch on, before we move on to our Christmas little feature featurette, I just want to touch on Man City, if I may. Um because I looked at that game the other night and I was watching it on, 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 on telly and I'm thinking, I can't believe this about Man City. Man City, one of the best teams in the Premier League it, it, it era, frankly, under Guardiola. Where, I know we've had, you could have had this conversation at any point in the last, you know, eight months, year, whatever. But basically, what, what on earth is going to happen at Man City? It was Pep. Was it the right choice to give Pep Guardiola, who I have to say is an absolute genius in my eyes, a brilliant manager? But was it right to give him a new contract? Are are, are we going? Are they going in the right direction? That's a tough question. I mean, look, Guardiola. We all know he's one of the greatest managers of all time. A lot of people think he is the greatest manager of all time. His record is remarkable. He's won so much for City. He's transformed the football they play. My one issue with it is Guardiola has a, he's, he's all encompassing in terms of his control and everything has to be just done his way he has a say on everything you know he probably writes his own contract it's just they've invested so much in him he was the guy they want, always wanted uh, and they got him and they've had loads of success but everything comes to you just feel like it's just slowly grinding towards the end mm. you know He's made some good signings. He's made some bad signings. There are eight points adrift to Liverpool already. You just think they're probably not going to win the title this season. They're not. The ironic thing is that the, the, he's, he's resolved the defensive issues. I think they've conceded one goal in the last seven or eight games. So mm. that was the problem last season. His problem now is they're not clinical enough in front of goal. Sterling's form's dipped a bit. His goal output's not as great. De Bruyne's playing okay, but not top of his game. Jesus is not the answer to Aguero. He's not a replacement for Aguero. Aguero's been out himself for four months. So, you know, the issues he now has are at the front end of the book, not the back. So, you know, it's almost like he's solving one problem and another's, another's coming up. I mean, look, the Holy Grail is they're wanting to win the Champions League. And they said to him, you can stay at this club for as long as you like. And Guardiola clearly is, is still invested in the club because it's the longest time he's ever spent in any of his jobs so you know it's a strange one but they just seem they just i just get this feeling there's something's not quite right there it's just gone a bit stale they don't have that fear factor anymore you know west brom the guy that said himself didn't he these are the game you've got to win these kind of games and he's spot on really because that is just two points thrown down the pan that and they went, uh, they went ahead so early and you thought, yeah, this is, the day's gone by. That would have been 5 6 nil, that, 7-0 even. And they've ended up getting a, being held to a 1-1 draw. So you just think some, something's clearly wrong here. Yeah, and that, that eight that points thing that Liverpool already, that's, yeah. you know, that is worrying. Yeah, that, that was the thing that struck me. And it, it, as you rightly say, I think in previous days gone by, they would have treated to a feast of football and blown the oppo, uh, oppo away. Guys, it's nearly Christmas. So I'm <laughs> going to fin fin finish with a little Christmas featurette please two-pronged um question here and i hope you've been creative in, in your thinking um i love these moments because it means that i don't have to be by posing the questions um christmas what 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 do, 
think basically what do Premier League managers need for Christmas and what's your best ever Christmas uh, football related Christmas gift guys you can use a bit of you can use a bit of journalistic license I'm going to go around the room Andy you uh, first please it, it, well you know I, I didn't get the memo memo on this what what could Premier League managers do with it, it, it sounds like they could do with um According to Jurgen Klopp, it sounds like they could do with five subs for Christmas. They, rather than the five days of Christmas or whatever, five subs are coming on uh, for Christmas. However, having not brought a single one on last night, I think <laughs> that argument is, is, is probably wearing thin, isn't it? You, you know, him and Guardiola, leaders of the campaign for five subs for Christmas, um, since they started that campaign, I think they barely brought a sub on between them. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you I mean, did have an England international Oxlade Chamberlain on the bench as well, by the way. I mean, I'll be to Oxlade Chamberlain, like, <laughs> oh, 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 but don't forget, John, it's all for the welfare of the players. No, when they're playing well and the team's doing okay, they'll keep them on. The five subs is for the um, um, egotistical indulgence of the manager, so he can, if they're not playing well, they can bring four or five on. So, yes, yeah, so that would be a, it, maybe they can get that for a Christmas gift. Um, the best Christmas related, uh, best football related Christmas gift I've had. Um, I don't know really. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think. Crew Alex shirt. Come huh? on. Crew Alex shirt. Well, funny enough, a lot of my a lot of my stories are related to Crew Alex. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I mean, around Christmas, I, I I will tell you. Um, I will tell you a story on. We, I remember an ex captain of Crew Alex who, who shall remain nameless was. Um, was was temporarily jettisoned by his wife over Christmas. Um, a, a minor spat, and he came to stay in my house. And well, it was New Year's Eve, actually. On New Year's Eve, he had a game the next day. And he was staying at my house. And I was going out. I was working the next day of the game. And I was going out uh, to a party. And he, and he said, I'll come with you. I said, you can't come with me. I said, you're playing tomorrow in New Year's Day. And he said, no, I'll come with you. I'll be okay. I'll be okay. I said, no, 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 no. you got it. Anyway, it, it, obviously he did, and he did. And he had a couple of drinks, and, and about midnight, I, I said to him, "Listen, we better get back. You're playing. I think it was a midday kickoff." I said, "You're playing tomorrow." At which point he was at the top of the stairs, and, and he said, "Yes, I'm coming." And he tumbled down the stairs uh, and broke his ankle. <laughs> <laughs> I had to take him to to, to, to A and E, and he said to me, "Listen," he says, um, "That's a bit of an issue, isn't it?" I said, "Yeah, you are supposed to." Be. He says, "When you see the manager tomorrow." Telling me and you were out jogging. I said, oh. I said, we were Who's gonna buy that? <laughs> exactly, mate. So I so I go I go into the manager the next morning. He said, What happened to I won't mention his name so and so? I said, Well, me and him were we were out for a run. And he looks at me. <laughs> New Year's Eve. He looks at me on New Year's Day, bleary eyed, like you know, and sort of <laughs> carrying a bit of time. <laughs> and he just laughed me out of course as you would so yes I, I've got many did many you do times. the story many happy festive times there. but but do you remember I mean, again going back all those years um, it's funny when you started talk about the difference now in terms of, of what we do now in terms of relationships with clubs with players I remember going to Christmas parties with players, you know, the players' Christmas parties. Remember them? Remember this time of year when we would have the play? I mean, Liverpool, for example, where me and you were last night, John, um, they, they, their Christmas parties were legendary, absolutely legendary. And you would get pictures of them all going out in fancy dress, wandering up and down Bold Street in Liverpool, you know, pub crawling. Can you imagine that now? I think, mean, can you imagine that now? You, you, you know, they get, they get upbraided if they, if they say a wrong word on social media. Never mind if they're having a pub crawl, like, you know, dressed in fancy dress. Fantastic. I love it. Matt, come on. Um, right. Well, uh, in a similar spirit of, of Andy's Christmas present, I didn't get a player for Christmas. Um, I did get a, it was Christmas Eve, actually, but, but probably the best Christmas present I got was a phone call from a former Premier League manager calling me the filthiest word that you, in the English language um, <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Uh, that, 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 with all my family, I took the call. Oh, it's this person, and obviously the family around quite impressed that this guy's ringing you up. David O'Leary to call me. I'm not saying who it was. <laughs> I'm, I'm guaranteed. Yeah, I'm not saying who it was, but 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 that was a, Christ, a very much a Christmas surprise. Uh, and, and what I would wish managers uh, back for for Christmas themselves uh, generally is probably better owners because I'm sure they could all 
or most of them could do with that because uh, as as my old mate Neil Warnock says, it's all about managing up as opposed to managing down these days. So if 2021, like Slavon Bilic, is probably feeling at the minute, they could have better owners, then, then that's what I'd wish for them for this Christmas. Very good. Jezza? Managers, yeah. Uh, the problem, listen, they probably they want as many points as possible, but more importantly, probably at this time of year, they want as few injuries as possible because it's such a crazy spell. So that's that. I can't, Dunny has blown us all out of the water there with his player anecdote, <laughs> broken ankle story. But a few years ago, I remember going to Man United for a pre Christmas, it might have been pre boxing, I don't know, before Christmas, two days before Christmas. Louis Van Gaal had a press conference and, um, it all started really well because there was like crackers on the table and mince pies and mulled wine at half nine in the morning. I mean, I can't think of anyone. Well, I can think of one journalist who probably would have had a bit. But... <laughs> anyway, I don't know. We all gathered around. There's loads of bomb homie and everything. And, um, you know, everything's all punky dory And then by the end of the press conference, Van Gaal got into such a state of anger with us all over some line of questioning that he stormed out of the room. Basically said, enjoy your effing mince pies and free wine. <laughs> basically berated us with this outburst of expletives and that was it, right, happy Christmas mate <laughs> cheers Louis, see you later <laughs> it was love it love it, love it, love it love it. Love the stories guys, no thanks so much for, for, for joining and listen you know, also uh, happy Christmas to everyone that's watching as yeah. we build up to, to, to the big day ne next week, but um, guys thanks so much, really really big significant week, we didn't even have a chance to even look at Man United Leeds this weekend did we, which I have to say what an absolute cracker that is, what a throwback fixture, um, fantastic so there's plenty to look forward to um, guys um, Andy, Jeremy, Matt fantastic, really enjoyed it, thanks so much everyone for, for watching and listening um, really appreciate it and uh, yeah thanks for tuning in please tune in again soon thank you <laughs>